Well, I'm glad you guys are here today, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about what we're going to do today in just a moment, but before I do that, uh, you know, one thing that we, we love to celebrate around here is life change, and when people take a big, huge step in their relationship with Jesus Christ, and this past week, during the week, we had the opportunity to celebrate with a couple of people we wanted to introduce to you, uh, Kevin and Christy Scarborough who were baptized just this past week, and here they are. Phil Miller did that. We just want to celebrate with them. Just awesome, awesome stuff, and so excited to see God working and continuing to work in the lives of people. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But before I intro that, let me uh, let this guy introduce himself and tell you why he's here today. Hey, my name is Larry Mitchum, and I'm a child of God and a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who's been delivered from drugs, been clean from drugs for about 31 years now, and alcohol for 12 years. But part of our Celebrate Recovery, thank you for the applause, but God has let me know in our Celebrate Recovery ministry he's not done with me yet. He now has me working on taming the tongue in the Battle of the Bulge, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a work in progress, but just to tell you a little bit about Celebrate Recovery. It's a Christ-centered recovery program that was started out in California about 30 years ago. It's in, currently in 35,000 churches across the world right now. It's similar to the AA program that's built around the steps and the principles, but a couple differences with that is that we celebrate recovery, the steps that we tie in biblical comparisons, and we do recognize Jesus Christ as our higher power within that particular program. Brandon, I know they say as you get older and as you're having fun with life that things go by pretty fast, but I know it's hard to believe next month, Fairdale Christian Church Celebrate Recovery will be celebrating five years that we've been going without that. And definitely have people to thank for that. We always thank God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit for carrying us through with that. But we'd also love to thank our staff, our elders, and congregation who have been very supportive of this ministry since we started five years ago. Couldn't go without beyond thanking all of our volunteers because each Friday night we meet, serve meals. We have seen God do wondrous things with that. When we started, I think there was 25 or 30 people coming out. We've been averaging about 140 to 150 people each week to come out now and partner with a few of the recovery uh, programs here in town. Hey, we got some brochures outside there that will talk a little bit about what the Celebrate Recovery Ministry. We'd love to answer any questions. But I'd also like to read, we have partnered with a few of the different recovery programs here in town and just like to read a couple of their comments about how a partnership has worked. So if you have anybody that's struggling, not just with the addiction, but with any hurt, hang up, or habit, come out and visit us. We'd love to have you out there. But Tyson from the Recenter Ministry said, Celebrate Recovery at Fairdale Christian Church is on the front lines battling against addiction and helping individuals reclaim their lives and their families. And our old buddy Steve Hanks from The Healing Place said they learned to laugh again, participate in worship, replacing alcohol and other substances with relationships with God and God's people. And it's inspiring to see their anger and mistrust replaced with joy and hope. So we would just encourage you, if you've got somebody that you know in your family or friends or work cohorts, to bring them out there. We have found it to be a fairly good way of introducing Jesus to them when they're sometimes reluctant to come into a church setting. And we've seen that transition from Celebrate Recovery, and you're going to hear more about that 
as people have transitioned from Celebrate Recovery into the church here at Fairdale Christian Church. Uh, as Phil was mentioning, the concert, another way, if you're having problems getting them into uh, church, invite your kids or whoever it is out to our concert because they're going to be hearing a message about Jesus Christ and also a, a recovery program from the guy that's uh, leading the worship that night. Uh, he was a preacher's kid, went awry out there, was a meth addict, but he's been 20 years clean from meth. And like I said, it's just going to be a night where we gather from the community for the kingdom of God to praise God. So thank, thank you all yeah. again. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> now here, uh, here, we started this series last week called The Forgotten Ways, and, and Phil kind of talked about the, 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 where we want to go over the next few weeks is we're talking about the early followers. So you go back at the, the very beginning of the church when people were following Jesus, what were the habits, what were the spiritual rhythms that were just part of who they were those things that we've tried to short circuit, or we've tried to kind of try to find a, a shortcut way, and, and one of those is, is in repentance. And the word repentance, it just means to change direction. Like I was living my life the way I wanted to live my life. I was doing the things that I wanted to do, but now that I've met Jesus, he's changed all that. I want to live the way that God calls me to live. That's what it means to repent. And today, what I wanted you guys to hear is a little bit of narrative. I wanted you to hear a little bit of story from people that you see here on Sunday mornings and how God has worked in their life to help them to change because the win for today would be this. If, if you're sitting here and, and you say, you know, I, I've got something in my life that has still has not become obedient to Christ yet, some sin issue, some, some little wild part of me that I, I kind of keep secret, and maybe today, through hearing these stories and realizing what God is calling you to, maybe there's some part of you that says, you know, maybe Celebrate Recovery is for me. That would be a win for us today because that's, we have a wonderful ministry here that, with people that are willing to come alongside you and just help encourage and support you as you follow Jesus. And the message that, that really I, I hope we kind of center around today and what I've been praying on this past week is in Acts chapter 17. I'm going to show you verse 30 in just a moment. But just a couple of verses before that, this is, what, this is what the scripture says. It says that the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us for in him we live and move and have our being. You know the early church they struggled with things just like we do. And for a long time, they, they didn't know, you know, do we turn to the right? Do we turn to the left? What, are we, what is God calling us to do? In Acts 17, verse 30, it says, well, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance. What does it mean to be ignorant? Now, I just didn't know. Because I don't have the information. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance. But now, he commands all people everywhere to repent and turn to him. That's me. That's you. That's what he calls us. It's not enough to just say, I follow Jesus. 
is that we say, I follow Jesus, and I have turned to him, and I am making everything in my life obedient to Christ. So I know you're going to be blessed today to hear some stories, and, uh, and I just hope that it is an encouragement, and, and maybe the Holy Spirit will convict you today. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house. We thank you for the opportunity to, to hear stories uh, from those that walk in the same kinds of shoes that we walk in. And Lord, I thank you for your spirit that moves among us and encourages us and challenges us. Lord, may you convict us this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I couldn't get up in the morning without having a drink. I couldn't go to bed without having a drink. Yeah, there were some days where I didn't drink, but my body had taken over and I would hurt, I would shake. Uh, I was not feeling the way that I feel today because I would manipulate people. I would do uh, destroy people's lives over a drink, you know. And uh, I, I really had a hard time understanding that that was the problem. I thought that it was because I drank too much. I thought that it was because I drank a certain kind of drink or a certain kind of beer. But I come to find out, once I walked in the doors of the men's healing place on December the 6th of 2019, that it was not that. It was the first one. It was the first one that would cause me to do things that I would normally not do if I was sober. It would cause me to say things to people that I would normally say. It was like a liquid carriage, if you want to call it. Uh, and it hurt relationships. It cost me jobs. It cost me uh, apartments. It really destroyed my life. And I didn't think that I would ever be able to stand in front of you and let you know that there's another way out, that there's a new beginning, there's a new life. And it all stemmed from me just sitting down and taking a look at myself. Today, I am so grateful for the opportunity that God has given me and the relationship that I have with my father. He has restored me to sanity. He has put me on a solid foundation. He has put people in my life and around me that encourage me to not out to get something from me that what they are doing is nothing but wanting to see the best for me. Uh, my relationships are getting better every day with my uh, daughter, uh, with uh, her mother. Uh, you know, I lost my mother on August the 4th of uh, last year, uh, my rock. But God seemed fit to put people around me to help me get through that and not rely on a drink or a drug in order to numb myself, even though she wasn't coming back. I wanna thank you uh, for loving me back to life. 
without you. I don't know where I would be. And I'm so, so grateful for you all for just opening your arms up and just giving me love. And I just can't thank you enough. Yeah, they are on. Good. Mrs. Delman, I want to thank you for your transparency. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And uh, gratitude is a big part of our recovery, isn't it? Yes, sir. You know, I can't thank him enough, but not only him, I can't thank you all enough. At Florida Christian Church, if you had seen that, you might not know that I was an alcoholic or addict, because that's what God has done. He can transform you. All, you, all I had to do was surrender and believe. And I stand here today, you know, when I was, came in the doors of AA, I was 54 years old. I was a, a man in a boy's body, or the vice versa. I'm sorry I'm a little nervous, but I know God's got me. And that's the beauty of it today. I know who's got me. Yes, I get emotional when I see my pain. But I tell you what, the joy and the peace and the love that I have in my heart today, the love that I have for others today, I don't have to manipulate people. I love people today. Thank God for Fairfield Christian Church for allowing Celebrate Recovery. Because when I got a taste of Celebrate Recovery, I knew I was in the right place. I knew that God's presence was here. And you all have loved me back to life. And I can't thank you enough for what you have done for me. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's down there. Well, we have another guy coming up here you might recognize. I'm the guy that most Sundays you see me tearing the keys off the piano. Do you see this scar? Uh, this scar is left from where I bounced my head off the concrete in Dallas, Texas in 2018. And that was because my legs decided to quit. Like somebody just turned off a switch. I didn't have, I didn't even have time to put my hands out to stop my fall. And that was because I had atrophy in my legs, loss of muscle mass in my legs. And that was because I'd rather drink than eat. I was hopelessly addicted to alcohol. Oh, and not to mention stage four liver disease. I remember I would pray for mercy. I'd pray that I would get home without killing myself 
or killing someone else and that I wouldn't get caught. But I also remember this clearly, a still small voice would say to me, I will not let this go on forever because I was this kid. Despite all that, I was still his kid. Do you think I was grateful for that moment? No. But what I've learned is my gratitude clears up the fog of the past. Do you think I could see that I was having one of the most significant moments in my life, that God was there actually orchestrating my pain. In my desperation, he was creating the moment of my salvation, a rescue for the prodigal. That was the day God's hand was upon me. Because when my gratitude looks back on that day, I can see with minute detail that Jesus was there on that sidewalk that day. I would suggest to you, and what I've learned, is that gratitude is not a delusional closing of one's eyes. It's the exact opposite. It actually opens your eyes to the truth, the bigger picture, the grander plan. He wanted me to fulfill what I was destined and created to be. Gratitude sees what my fear and my self-centeredness would never see. But now I know that he is a very real and present God of the now though right now. Nurse of 25 years uh, met me at the healing place. After he met me, he told me about a year later, he said, you know, when I met you and you walked away, I told the other guys, that guy has two, three months. I've seen liver disease before. I've seen it many times. So about a year after that, uh, I was in the healing place. I was doing leg presses in the gym. And I had to remember that a year earlier, my roommates had to pick me up just to get up to my bed a few inches. I was vomiting most of my meals. I could not walk but a half a block, and I'd have to stop. I wasn't negotiating steps well, and this is what I learned, especially for people in recovery, but really anyone who's ever felt self-inflicted pain, there's a, there is no voice you have ever heard that will be more honest with you than pain. Pain will not lie to you. Pain will tell you the truth about yourself. Pain will tell you honestly about your real condition. It can't explain everything, but it is a warning. 
pain will tell you things even your closest loved ones are not able to say to you. In AA, we call this the gift of desperation. And if it's true, and I believe it is, that the truth sets us free, then we need to learn from our pain, accept the truth it's telling us, because that is the only way that pain can be silenced. And if you really listen, you will not have to pass this way again. And on the other side of that dark door, and I'm a testimony, is light and freedom. And God will take that pain, he'll put it into words, and he'll use it to help and minister to others. That's right. God can use even you. And I know that because God can use even me. This is how Paul expressed it, and I love this. Because if anybody has ever been in that desperate, deep moment, they'll understand this. And if they've understood the redemption of God, God chose things that the world considered as foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. And he chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. A lot of us, when we first come into recovery, that's exactly the way we feel, like we are nothing at all. But we're not here to brag about celebrate recovery. We're here to brag about a great redeemer, a characteristic of God that I'm, I've learned through this process. I was on a path that would have ended in my death, and they would have, what would they have said at my funeral? Poor RJ, he drank himself to death. But they would have been wrong on the most important level. The truth is, is that shame would have been the real thing that killed me. Alcohol was just a vehicle, but the driver would have been unresolved shame. But God in his mercy, he wasn't done with me yet. My entry point to this fellowship was because of a free ride and the promise of pork chops that were this thick. <laughs> True story. But I stayed because of a message of hope and a real nuts and bolts solution to addiction. And now um, being, I'm coming up on four years of sobriety. <laughs> And uh, I've been a member here for two and a half years. So you see the progress of God in my life. My nephew asked me, with all that you have been through, what is the most important thing you've learned? And I thought about it, and I answered, ooh, this is always hard for me to get through. If by arrogance, I thought I understood what the love of God looked like. I'd certainly had some very real encounters with him. But instead, what I found out was no matter how much I've read, been taught, proclaimed, or even experienced, it will forever be deeper still. 
It's all about love. It's always been about love. God is love. And I think only a real problem as humans is we're just so bad at it. We've barely understood it. I believe it's truly what our eye has never seen, our ear has never heard, what has never entered into the human mind, 1 Corinthians 2.19. And that's why I think that when we all stand in front of him, face to face, remember those words, we will for the first time understand what love is and what he is. That's why we'll worship him because we will be in love for eternity. Paul said, and you know, 1 Corinthians 13, we're all very familiar with the love chapter where he tries to explain what love looks like, but he comes to an interesting conclusion. At the end of that big list, he says, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then face to face, we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. I'm going to share that, a little bit of that song uh, with you, and uh, here. This is the song that came out of that conversation with my uh, nephew. life that you gave me oh Lord my God I thought that you'd be done with me thought your disappointment be angry if I cry, if I laugh, if in hell or heaven's gates, love is always, always deeper still. It's always deeper still. Every time I break, you're deeper still. When the earthquake shakes, you're deeper still. Cause if I cry, or if I laugh, if in hell or heaven's gates, love is always, always. 
it's always deeper still I have, um, I've been in ministry for the last 30 years, 19 of them here at Fairdale Christian, for the last two and a half years, a part of Celebrate Recovery's ministry. And this past Friday, we talked about repentance. We talked about turning and changing direction. And one of the things that I've learned over the last two and a half years is that all the previous 27 and a half years of my ministries, I was in a hurt and a habit and a hang up. And I didn't know it. So you may be sitting here this morning thinking, oh, I've been a Christian for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 10 years, 5 years, and, and I've got it all worked out. I'm, I'm good. But down deep, as RJ said, the pain tells the truth. Because when you walk out of this building, you know you've got some struggle you've got to face. You know you have to go back to a job that you're struggling at. You have to go back to a relationship that you're struggling with. Maybe there's one piece of your life that you haven't surrendered to Christ. And I would suggest to you that you can allow God to end that pain. You don't have to let the world, you don't have to let the evil one continue to tell you you're stuck there. But the first chip that we give out every Friday night is a blue chip, and it's called the surrender chip. And that's where it all starts. Because for me, I had to be willing to surrender that I had a problem. And it was great. You know, I, I did great in front of people. I did great with my ministries. But there was one piece, one struggle that I didn't know what to do with. And I read, and I prayed, and I, I tried to deal with it on my own. And while I still have to take a, a, a pill every day to help with the chemical imbalance, it still wasn't enough. I had to be willing to say, I'm messed up. I am a mess. And surrender that to Christ. And while I still struggle with it, it took me to take a change in my direction. And I'll tell you, you can't make that change on your own. It starts right here. With God prompting, with God trying to move, with God wanting to change, with God wanting to do something different for you. And I learned years ago with this problem that I had that I was dealing with, something had to give. And I longed so much to know how to be a better husband and a better dad, and a better son. But I had to be willing to surrender. And maybe this morning you're at that place. It's not too late. It's not too early. God's timing is perfect. So if that's you this morning, and you are ready to surrender and allow God to change your direction, then I would pray for you that you would make it. And RJ, as he plays, what we do at Celebrate Recovery, invitation is huge to us. 
It gives an opportunity for reflection. It gives an opportunity for surrender. It gives an opportunity for commitment. It gives an opportunity for humility, for prayer, for encouragement. So maybe you're at a place where you are ready to surrender, but you still have questions, and that's what the next step area is for. But maybe you're ready now to give your life to Christ, to surrender in Christian baptism. Well, the water's warm, and it's ready. And maybe you're at a place where you just need someone to lay their hand on your shoulder and pray with you. Maybe you don't know what to say, and you just need someone to pray for you. So, again, in the, in the way we do things at Celebrate Recovery, I'm going to ask you, you make that decision today. So if you're ready for Christian baptism, while RJ plays, I'm going to pray. And if you feel led to come up, Brandon's sitting right here. He'd love to talk to you right here, right now to make that decision. And for the rest of you, if that's not where you are, but you're at the other places, while I'm praying... You just raise your hand right where you are and say, I, that's telling us you need to be prayed with. You need to be encouraged today. Don't you bow your heads and you can make that decision. I can't make it for you. God can't make it for you. Brandon can't make it for you. It's yours to make. Father in heaven, you are amazing. You're beyond amazing. You bring healing, restoration. You are a redeemer. And you can break the chain of whatever struggle it is that we have. And God, we surrender that to you. And in this room, Father, there are some who are ready to lay it all down at the feet of Jesus and at the foot of the cross. And they're ready to step into the next part, what's called new life. Father, would you give courage through the power of your Holy Spirit to bring them forward, to quit holding on to the back of the chair, but to give in completely to you. And Father, for those that are in this room right now that need to be encouraged, that need to surrender, God, I pray that right now those in this sanctuary, in this place, would open their eyes and look around and and not to embarrass, but God, you have raised these hands out of courage. Would someone please, next to these folks, would you pray with, would you lay your hand on their shoulder? Would you now, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you pray with and for them?
A good salesman will never let a person leave their office until they have tried everything. Well, I'm not that preacher. But we have a next step area. And if you still have questions, if you still have a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up that you really kind of don't want everyone else to know about, you stop by there and just say, hey, can I fill out a card? And you let someone there know that you, hey, just want to be known. And they'll reach back out to you on your terms. Father, we love you and we thank you for your grace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For sharing stories. You guys have a, have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.